Hello, and normally I would say welcome to the Audio Epic Storytelling Podcast, but unfortunately there is no storytelling podcast today. And I know there should have been one, actually, a few days ago already. So I'm here to apologize for that, I'm sorry we don't have an episode now, which is due to a number of reasons. But I also released this little mini-episode to sort of explain where we are and why, you know... We've been experiencing these delays recently with our storytelling podcast. So, as you all know, Eileen is very pregnant, and um, it's pretty heavy for her. She's got to really watch out how she, you know, spends her time, because she's been under a lot of stress lately due to also having a lot of work that needs to be finished before a certain deadline, and... She actually has to avoid all stress as much as possible. Otherwise, it might actually trigger, you know, uh, the baby to come too soon. We love doing this podcast. We really do. But it's become a bit of a source of stress for both of us because we have right now a very busy life just, you know, with work and taking care of things and, you know, boring stuff like that. And while we really enjoy having a chat about movies and games and books, there's actually quite a lot of work that does go into it in terms of preparation and afterwards the editing of the podcast, etc. It has become a bit much. And some of you have said like, you know, all of these podcasts are all fine, but what we really want is the next story. And so far I've, you know, always responded to that by saying... Don't worry, you know, the podcast does not stand in the way of new Witch Hunter stories. But since we have so little time right now, I can't actually really say that that is true anymore. I have to really squeeze to find time to write. And so, you know, the podcast takes even more time away from that. So while the podcast is there to support the storytelling, to keep the channel alive, to keep the podcast alive and to eventually maybe facilitate a Patreon page or something similar. Right now, that formula is just, it's turning out to be too much for us to handle. So we've decided to take a break from the podcast. We're not quitting, but we are sort of putting it on hold for now, at least until the baby's born and things have, you know, sort of hit their normal rhythm again. And so I hope you'll forgive us for that and that you will also stay subscribed because, um, you know, we've still got so much stuff planned for you guys. But it takes time. It really does. And we don't have a lot of it. However, we did actually manage to record some stuff together and there were some questions and some, you know, emails that we got from our listeners And we said that we would respond to those. And so I am going to include that with this episode. So without further ado, here's the feedback stuff that we recorded. Yeah, so uh, Catherine Borden emailed us about our podcast uh, two weeks ago, I think, um, when we mentioned that we noticed that Americans have trouble saying the words I love you and how that is a big deal in (laughs) movies and and shows. And she said, it's true. Um, It comes from an older generation, especially the men, who um, were raised with this idea that, you know, you don't say these things, I love you. It it shows through your actions, you don't talk about it. It's sort of 
it's weak to or 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 weird to sort of talk about emotions like yeah. that. So she she gave us more insight actually in the matter, which uh, we're grateful for. So thank you, uh, Catherine. And it also made us think that maybe Flemish people are not that different because um, we're not really having trouble saying I love you because I love you is not um, our native tongue, actually. Yeah. So actually, I love you in English. Yeah. That yeah. People say that a lot. Yeah, but we do have trouble when I start thinking about it, saying ik hou van jou in Dutch, which is the same thing. But... Whenever we do that, yeah, we will either use the English expression, I love you, or we will say the Dutch uh, words with a funny voice or something. But yeah. we will always cover it up somehow. Yeah. <laughs> yes, like that. Um, so I think maybe it's a global thing that people have either reservations about showing their real emotions or, on the other hand, I remember there was this phase in my um, when I was a teenager in school when everyone in my classroom said I love you I love you all the time and I felt really uncomfortable doing that mm. because yeah. these were kind of these, these were friends I, I, I saw them every day but still I wouldn't say my bond with these people was so tight that I mm. would tell them I love them all the time. So yeah. it, I thought it was really weird. That was kind of the opposite of yeah. the, the shyness. On yeah, yeah, yeah. You. Some people really throw it around, especially younger people. So I do understand these reservations because, yeah, if you throw with these words like, like it's nothing, then the meaning kind of yeah. disappears. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we also had an email from Jose Calderon. And he asked us for some writing advice. Mm -hmm. um, and it was about switching points of view. He said, you know, how and, how and when do I switch uh, from what one character is doing to what another character is doing? And do you start a new chapter every time you do that? So um, I would answer to that that for me, um, he mentioned Witch Hunter. He says, you know, like when you go from, from Ludlov saving, trying to save Adomir to... Uh, Samina trying to save her mother, switching around. Um, how do you make these decisions? Well, part of it is actually take for example that you know I've got Ludlov and he's uh, he comes emerges from the burning house of Adomir, and the next part is he has to wander through the city and eventually uh, find Samina. You know the wandering through the city part. Nothing really interesting happens there, um, but it, it it is something that takes time you know and so that's a good point to sort of switch away from that character and start showing what another character is doing so that as a reader you get the feeling that time is moving without having as a writer to describe everything that uh, the character is doing in the meantime which is kind of boring or, or just not not much happens there and when you then return to Ludlov after showing Samina for a bit, it feels like time has passed. You can also do this to avoid parts of the story that are just boring, that you kind of want to skip. Or you can also use it if you're just too lazy or uh, too scared to write a particular scene. Uh, you can kind of use it to cheat. Yeah, um, yeah, you could do that. Um, 
sort of for example if something really gruesome happens like a torture scene you could um, have uh, the moment when the bad guy arrives with his gears for torturing someone and then you switch to another situation you follow that for a while and then you return to the aftermath of the torture the prisoner sort of back in his cell and sort of you know still suffering from what happened without having to show the torture yeah you, and you can actually hide certain uh, scenes as well that don't really match the the genre of your novel as well for example in in movies when uh, you have this cozy cute romantic comedy and the characters have sex then you don't really see a sex scene usually you just see them uh, kind of starting to undress and then you cut to another scene and then you come back and they're uh, putting on their clothes again, usually. So that's another way to use it. Uh, and the second reason why you would skip away is to create a cliffhanger. You know, that's the other thing that you could do is sort of make it more, t extend the tension, you know. For example, someone's being pursued by bad guys and then... He runs away and then suddenly he's, yeah. he arrives at a cliff and he looks down and it's like, you know, it's a hundred meters deep and uh, the bad guys are right, are right behind him. What's he going to do? And then you switch to something else. Yeah. So you, as a reader, as an audience, you're, you're wondering, how is he going to get out? And, you know, that tension is still in the background. Makes you want to read read on the, 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 the other parts, sort of, yeah, 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 political discussion. Okay, let's go back to the guy on the cliff. Then the third thing I wanted to say is that you don't really have to start a new chapter uh, every time. The way I see it, chapters are there to sort of... You enter a new chapter when the story enters a new stage. When something has changed in the story and you're entering a new phase in the unfolding of the story. That's what a chapter is about. And you can switch around between characters within the same chapter. Now, that's my approach. Other authors do it differently. Tolkien, for example, stays with the same group of characters for hundreds of pages. And then he goes all the way back in time to, meanwhile, what have these guys been doing? Yeah, in the two towers. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and... Uh what I remember from the Witch Hunter, the novel, is that you try to make it clear when another point of view turns up by using these uh, symbols. Yeah, yeah, these little dividers with the, the, yeah. the curly, yeah. The curly dividers to, to actually make it visible to the reader that uh, the next scene will be about Samina instead of Ludlov. Or when we return to Ludlov again, you will use this uh, symbol again. You know, uh, in the old cartoon of Transformers, <laughs> um, you had this, and I love that, uh, <laughs> you had this symbol for the, the Autobots, the good guys, and you had a symbol for the Decepticons, the bad guys, <laughs> and whenever you switched perspectives, you went from, from the Autobots to the Decepticons, you saw this symbol, you saw a black screen, and the symbol turned around, you know, and then... There was this little tune like da 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 da, -da and then you saw the next part of the story from, and I that I thought that was awesome. Yeah, you can do that in a novel as well. You just <laughs> um, make it your own, uh, be original.
All right, that was it for today. We'll be happy to talk to you again soon. And of course, don't forget to listen to Witch Hunter, The Will of the Woods, and The Beast of the Western Wilds on the Audio Epics podcast, on our Bandcamp page, or on YouTube. You can also find the books if you prefer to read them on Amazon. Just type in my name, Domine de Groot, and Amazon's search engine should normally lead you to our books. All right, have a great day. Bye.